Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 71. Uh, it's a unique episode in that it was recorded at three different times. Uh, this intro I'm recording now, and then the beer thing was recorded last weekend. And the main event, if you will, will be recorded in a, in a little bit, a little while. Um, there's a fun story behind that. Uh, the story goes, me and my friend Mike, who was on the Spawn uh, episode, we went to a comedy show, we drank too much there, and then came back and tried to record a podcast in which we drank more. And uh, after listening to it, I, I'm incomprehensible by the end of it. Uh, and it was also three hours long, so... <laughs> Uh, the beer part, though, we did end up keeping because it was from my trip to Milwaukee, and there's a lot of great beers talked about, even though we go off on a tangent about Two-Hearted for a little while. But listen on, uh, my guest for the beer segment, Mike O'Brien, and my guest for the main segment of the episode, WWF in the 90s, Anthony Lakiri. So give it a listen, check it out, love every minute of it. Um, the beer segment does go on for about a half hour, so if you want to skip ahead, just a heads up. All right, enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. So we're going to get into the beer. Okay. <laughs> we're already branching off into topics that need to be recorded. <laughs> Chad, if you're listening to this, dude, you're a cool dude. And we're talking about Rumpside. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about Rumpside. So I went to four different breweries and got four different flights. Um, there was two breweries that stuck out. One for the unique brewery area. Uh, and you can see the the uh, pictures on my Instagram. I'll post them with this episode. Uh, but one also for the beer selection. So the beer selection I would give to Goods, Good City. I believe it's Good City Brewing. Um that's not who this is, but the, uh, their brand new location built right up by the stadium and that they're building that whole new area out. It's just like fucking Detroit and little Caesars arena and shit. But the other brewery, which is you go down in this basement and it's tiny and it's only been open, uh, two years. Actually, the day this podcast gets posted will be their two year anniversary and they're called the broken bat brewing and they're every beer they have is a, a baseball analogy. Um, and if you see something, they have something that I think it's called like a 751 Amber or some shit. And it's because like this guy batted seven seventy five point one in 1934. <laughs> so like everything is a baseball analogy. Um, and this specific one we're drinking today, you want to tell them what it is? Uh, so this is the stitches double IPA. And why is it called stitches double IPA? Well, there's 108 stitches and it's 108 IBUs. Yeah, 108 uh, stitches uh, in a baseball. baseball. Yep. Yeah, it's which I will say is pretty clever. Like, for, oh yeah, no. just, just from a marketing perspective, I'm looking at this. And I'm just like, you know, I I, I want to be clear. I did not pick this <laughs> beer because of marketing cleverness. But now that I'm reading this, I'm just like. All right, that's fair enough. Like, uh, but from a from a brewing standpoint too, it's uh, mastering the exact IBU amount has yeah. got to be difficult. I, I don't know how to I, do. That. I mean, it could be difficult. I don't really know. When I was in uh, when I was in Portland, uh, what is the? I think it's the Rogue Brewery. They do like a six or seven yeah. hop beer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, seven hop. So when I was out in Portland, uh, one of the guys that uh, I used to hang out with was in finance, and I used to ask him, 
and he worked for uh, one of the distributors for Rogue Brewing. And I asked him, I was like, does this really matter? He's like, no, this is straight up a marketing ploy. They basically <laughs> said, how can we get uh, how can we get the six or seven hop uh, yeah. mix into this? And, and uh, so in some ways, when I'm reading the label on this, I'm, like, I'm impressed at the different ways you can market oh, absolutely. And, and differentiate yourself. Like, it's like I mentioned, they, they use IBUs and ABV in a lot of their beer descriptions to match up with certain numbers in baseball. And sure. Yeah. Why not? Why exactly? Why not? <laughs> so this is here. You go. Cheers. This yeah, is cheers. stitches. One hundred eight IBUs. Uh, you know, it'd be great as, as if it was ten point eight ABV. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can only wish so much. It is a double IPA, so it is probably up there. What is the ABU? Is that on here? Yeah, eight point seven. So they really screwed up the count with that. But wow. you get you should get a punch in the face with the hops. Yeah, that ain't bad. I would, uh, I would take it. Oh yeah, yeah. This was on my flight. Um, it's great beer, and they don't have any distribution really, other than like from the tap room. Um, so also, hopefully they get bigger, and they do. You know, I, I know that uh, on your on your podcast, a lot of times you're you're putting out beers that uh, maybe a lot of people you know could find if they're they're local. No, typically people probably get upset and don't listen because they can't find it. <laughs> my I w- bad. <laughs> When I was out west, though, I will tell you that some of the best beers I had were some dude out of uh, like a, uh, out of, out of, it's not a, it's a storage container, you know, who uh, yeah. who who is just like, look, this I guy's just, cooking meth in his RV, basically, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but no, they, they were rent, they were rent like uh, you know the storage facilities, like the mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. They get a little space out of a storage facility, and they'd say, look, we're running a little brewery out of here. We talked to the owner of the storage facility; he's going to let us do it. But uh, it's it's a way for us basically to pay three hundred dollars a month rent and brew some beer that we think is going to be really good. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot to be said about the beers that are you're not going to be able to find anywhere. You you go and you find them, and they can be all right. They can be really all right. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Milwaukee is. Uh, they're known for their beer. I mean, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. You have Little Vernon Shirley. You have Schlitz. You have like. Uh, there's a Miller, good tradition there. There's um, a really good tradition well, there. Pabst, like all these beers were born in Milwaukee, but that tradition is kept on with all the micro brews and the craft brews, and you can find like countless, countless breweries there. And I mean, some of them are shit. Don't get me wrong. Like Water Street Brewery, I'll call them out. They're fucking garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can see the Fuck flight you, I got Water from Street them. Brewery. Well, it's funny because I got a flight from them and it was $5. Okay. <laughs> and I got a flight everywhere else and it was uh, 12 to 16 bucks. And there's a price differential there that you might be like, well, those guys being pretentious. No, they're just, they have better beer and they can charge you $3 for a four ounce glass of their 10% like limited edition <laughs> Imperial Stout. Like that's okay. But and, I do think there's a big difference when you're, when, when you're drinking a beer between, hey, you know, I was able to go to, you know, my fucking local Meyer, And if you're outside of Michigan and you don't know what Meyer is, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, and, and I was able to go to Meyer and find this beer. And, hey, I had to go to downtown Detroit, some storage facility where this dude with a gnarly ass beard is just like, I've been doing this for seven years and I made no goddamn I've only killed three children. <laughs> <laughs> But this is this is what I have created with these calloused hands. And Son of a bitch. <laughs> but you go and you drink his beer and it's good. Like there, there's a lot to be said Absolutely. for for going out and finding really yeah. good beer that you know maybe you and maybe only a few other dozen people could really appreciate. Yeah, 
there's yeah there's a it's i mean it's turned into a community and it's it's pretty remarkable the things that that have evolved around it and i will say this i wanted to do a shout out and hopefully this doesn't embarrass anybody um at good city brewing in milwaukee the the one down but downtown by the stadium not the east side location because there's two uh there's a bartender maggie there she used to work in the beverage industry <laughs> not like that i'm not gonna say what just happened but um I, t- I could talk to her about beer forever and she knows way more about than about beer than I do. And, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, I like this, this, and this. She's like, well, how about this, this, and this? And I was like, well, I feel emasculated right now, <laughs> but she's, uh, if you get a chance when you're in, in good city, cause they have some amazing beers in there. So you can try those. And if Maggie's working, talk to her cause she knows her shit around the city and she's not partial to where she works. She'll tell you the good places to go. So that's a good little connection there. And it's nice, too, because especially when you meet folks like that, they're just like, look, we're really just trying to build this whole community. You know, they don't care that uh, it's not that they don't care. Obviously, they want you to buy the beer or the place they're in. But they're just like, look, it's it's about more than it's just pushing a product. You know, this is this is about trying to make sure that folks are coming in and getting a real experience of what uh, what our local brews are like. What is delicious. Right. Um. I don't think I won't get to it because I really, I brought it home specifically to get to it. Now I can't see it. It's behind me. Now, that being said, I fucking hate baseball. So this whole Stitches theme (laughs) on this double IPA is is not resonating with me now because baseball is boring as fuck. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not unopposed to that. But before we leave the beer segment, I do have to say, uh, there's a brewery called Mobcraft and they only make small barrel beers in Milwaukee so that their rotation is constant but they have some of the most unique and delicious beers i've ever had i had a sour that was a cucumber habanero sour and it was the spiciest beer i've ever tasted and i ordered a second one because god damn my mouth was on fire dude you and your flavored beers these flavored beers are bullshit i'm sorry (laughs) but no so if you try all these different beers like at some point and this is a perfect example is last week's episode with uh milwaukee brewing they have an amber ale and it's called louis demise and it tastes like fucking garbage and i described their whole brewery and (laughs) this is why i'm not actually sponsored because i talk shit about (laughs) other breweries you're allowed to talk shit though this is a critical podcast (laughs) but I, i their brewery is like a basic bitch brewery and basic, there's a number basic of bitch brewery yeah just like pumpkin spice latte is a basic bitch coffee <laughs> they're but like no stop stop we, we, we need to dig a little deeper here oh i'm happy to, to. tell me more about a basic bitch brewery a basic De- bitch brewery define the characteristics of a basic so bitch brewery. let's say i have a table of ipas and i give it to you and uh you know what an ipa tastes like of course yeah so if i were to say like three of these were made from Budweiser, Miller, and Sam Adams. You'd probably be able to pick out those three because they taste like fucking basic IPAs, yes, right? They would taste. Yeah. Uh, so how? how it's not, have- so it's not necessarily a bad thing because you're just you're marketing to the general public, but at the same time, as a craft brewery, you're not doing anything new. That's what a basic bitch beer is. Is that the is that the definition of a good brewery? You're doing something new. Yeah. 
Okay. Fair I mean, enough. in a market that's more than like almost literally because it's liquid, <laughs> flooded with everything. <laughs> why it won't? Isn't the only thing that would set you apart is doing something new? Maybe. Here's like, oh, this is a happy beer. I call it an India Pale Ale. Oh, really? They've been doing that since eighteen fucking twelve when they were yeah. sailing to India from Britain. Like, what are you talking about? I'm glad you know the history. Uh, that you. date was way off, but you're good. <laughs> uh, it was a little before that, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I did a whole episode on that. I can't remember any of it. <laughs> here's here's my counterpoint to you. So what? But so. So for those of you who don't know, which will be basically everybody, uh, Justin <laughs> and I went to uh, Haywood Banks tonight for a comedy uh, oh, comedy show. This is for sep- segment two. No, oh, keep sorry. Going. So, no, so, 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 so we're, this is a quick segue to segment two, but we're going to bring it back to the beer. Oh, you're going to talk about Too Hard, aren't you? I am, in yeah. fact, going to talk about Absolutely. Too Hard. Which, is, my, which is the best counterpoint I, I can bring this. up. Go ahead. I support this 100%. I love trying new beers, you guys. I love them. I love trying different flavors, different combinations. But one thing is, every time someone pours a pint of Too Hard for me, and from from the moment I take my first sip, which usually ends up being about half the glass, <laughs> um, I'm always just like, they got everything just perfect. Yeah. Perfect floral notes. Perfect amount of hoppiness. You know, there there is something to be said about, look, they're not doing anything new. They're taking something that exists and doing it absolutely as well as it can be done from a flavor profile point of view, from a consistency point of view. Everything there is just, it's, a, it's hitting all the right notes. And I know that if I drank it as a craft beer, like if it was like in a five beer flight, I'd drink it and be like, hmm, they did pretty good there. But the fact of the matter is, the craftsmanship that goes into a well-crafted beer... And again, I want to be clear. Fucking... You're uh, not a brewer. <laughs> I am not a brewer. I, I'm, I'm a guy who drinks a substantial amount of beer over the course of any given week. And I have a counterpoint to this, too. So, <laughs> But but from what Justin just said, uh, which was interesting to me, is like, look, the, the definition of a good brewer is they are basically pushing the boundaries of what beer can be between flavors, you know, be, be flavors or, you know, something new in brewing. I do believe that, uh, in fact, the best brewers out there say, hey, let's take the existing flavor profiles and make them as good as they can possibly be. And I, uh, I'm i going to show a little bit of my Michigan patriotism here and say I think that Bell's Too Hard is, in fact, the best IPA on the market. I want to try other IPAs. I'm interested in what they're doing. But if you ask me, hey, pick an IPA that, that you think can stand up to anything, anytime, any place, it's going to be Too Hearted. So I will, my rebuttal is this. <laughs> um, a... It is. It's won. It's won awards for the best IPA. I, I didn't actually know um, that. So, so, but, but I, so I, I, I absolutely. Can, I can and I'm on the same page as you. I mean, I was standing next to you when we ordered those. And Two Hearted, uh, as I've said many times this podcast, that is my that's my go to beer. Like that's because it's just it's just perfect. It's just literally it's the perfect beer. There's never a time that you're drinking and you're just like, man, I wish it had some more hops. Or man, you know, this is not. This is not punching me in the face enough. Now, right? on the counterpoint, I will say this. Uh, it's perfect because that's what they changed it into. That's their modification of the recipe. That's that's them saying, you know what, if we had this much of this many hops and this much of like this much mosaic, this much centennial, 
And they, they specifically picked out the hops to get that exact flavor. Because there's no beer that tastes like Two-Hearted. Like, it, there's a lot of IPAs that just taste like every other fucking IPA. Yeah. There is no IPA that tastes like Two-Hearted. Yeah. And I, I've been around that carousel as much as I can be, but they've ju- they've done it well and by the I, way if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and for some absurd reason you have never tried too hearted god damn it do yourself a favor <laughs> too hearted probably has the biggest distribution of, of all bell's beers i've I'm, gotten it in most midwestern states and like i think even in like denver see one of the differences between you and me is the last time i was out of state for an extended period was like five years ago <laughs> So and, Canada, if you don't have two hearted, get but, on it. Yeah, God damn it, Ontario! What the no, fuck is your problem? Canada <laughs> hasn't listened to my episode since I had Cal Cagno on because he was on fucking eighty nine X. God damn it! Oh, what do we got to do to get promoted on eighty nine X? That's what uh, we need to do here. We need to move to Canada because they fired their entire American staff. Dude, I drive by the eighty nine X studio every day. Do you? Well, every Bell did, Media two days out of every week. Yeah, I know. It, it, I know a right, quarter of those people. <laughs> it's it's right there on Wyandotte, and there's a bookstore about uh, so two funny. blocks down the street. Shout out to that. Gnip. Hey Gnip. Hi. If I remember, <laughs> I'll tag you in this Gnip, episode. Is Gnip still on eighty nine X? Because he's Canadian. Good times. They literally fired everyone that wasn't Canadian. As they should have. Because <laughs> as they should have, and put up the wall for that fucking. <laughs> By the way, I want to, but I, I want to give a shout out. We're if, still in the beer segment. Oh, we're still in the beer segment. <laughs> Eighteen minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm but fine with it. We, I just we, think it's funny. We can have a real discussion about beer, though. And, 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 and this was a real discussion about beer. So my bottom line uh, between uh, what we're talking about here uh, and uh, and IPAs is. There is such a thing as an IPA that doesn't push any boundaries but does what it does extraordinarily well. And that beer that does do it extraordinarily well is, in fact, uh, Two Hearted Ale. But today we are drinking Stitches. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. By Broken dun, dun, Bat Brewing. Well, well, um, and that's what it is. Like, no, this got... is actually like, I, and I'm fully in agreement with you, Bell's Two Hearted is hands down and i've said it countless times on this podcast and you can only feature one beer so many times <laughs> um uh, the best ipa out there it is it is there's it's not coincidental that it's it's mass produced at the scale that it is it's a really fucking great beer and one of the things i'm really impressed about it is you know for just just from a straight business point of view is the consistency they're able to deliver on it yeah that's actually a good point because fuck it's never been different it's not like four years ago i drank bells and i was just like oh this is pretty or bells too hard i'm like oh this is pretty fucking good and now you know today i'm just like oh it tastes totally different than it used to well it's funny because they do oberon which is in their second biggest beer and oberon is different every Every, single year every year i had i had oberon and uh my wife and i went to disney world like three years ago and i had it down there i was like oh my god this beer is fucking amazing why i just can't imagine having oberon in florida (laughs) it's <laughs> so weird it was at epcot center we were doing drinking around the world and, 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 and oh, oh and a shout out another shout out to michigan by the way my michigan patriotism is really showing through tonight uh, <laughs> and a shout out to michigan you know you, when you for drink, america we did over no for for america they only had a few drinks available and one of them was bell's motherfucking over that's so pretty impressive fuck you other beers how much from do you have states. to how much you have to pay to have that happen well, I don't know, but I mean, I I was I want, uh, I want I, to know that number when I, when I saw it because look at that point I'd already had like three shots of tequila in Mexico, 
I'd had uh, I'd had some. We uh, did vodka shots in Russia. Yeah, Carlsberg beer in uh, in Finland oh, or whatever. Carlsberg for yeah, sure. Yeah, for vintage. Uh, it's Finland or Denmark, but but yeah. Then then we get around to America, and I think oh I think it was stop six or seven, and uh, and I was just like. Is that fucking Bell's Oberon? Is the alcoholic beverage in America? Like, That's it's so it is funny. incredible. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck you, other states. <laughs> we are going to move on, but before we do, I will tell you this because this will not be featured in a future episode, and I have a good feeling, if I know myself at all, that I will open this tonight. Um, <laughs> the other Broken Bat Brewing that I have is Ugly Finder IPA, which is hilarious if you look at the backstory. Um, and I encourage you. Go to Broken Bat Brewing and look at the backstory and all their beers because their labels do not do them justice. Ugly Finder, for instance, is what happens when you hit a ball into the dugout and essentially like you're finding the ugly person with the ball. Uh, so check it out. There's a bunch of really funny metaphors with all their beers and then we'll move on and go into the main subject. All right, welcome to the main event. Even though, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the beer segment was a half hour, and feel free to skip that. Yes, uh, there's a lot of slurred wouldn't speech. It, wouldn't it be too late to skip it if they're already here? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Time travel and skip to now. Uh, the voice you're hearing is my buddy Anthony, and uh, we call him Anthony. I can't think of anything closer. <laughs> call me it so much you forgot it. I was uh, I was going to try to come up with a clever version of your last name not a high school <laughs> jokey version as we discussed so my last name is lacary uh yeah i don't know where you can go with that other than being offensive i was i remember earlier i was trying to think of something if, with an s so it was like la squire but that didn't work still yeah yeah maybe there was a night if joke you read, in there. if you read it wrong maybe i was gonna read a bunch of game of thrones quotes you really and those would have went over my head <laughs> Oh God, yeah! Forget you're just the worst bitch. <laughs> I just found a list of the five episodes you should rewatch before the season comes out. So guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm running an open mic, but Sunday I think <laughs> I'm gonna go do that. Uh, today we are talking about the WWF, as you may know it, the WWE, or as many wrestlers know it, the thing that killed them early. <laughs> Is that dark? I don't know. Um. Anthony's here because Anthony is a big wrestle fan, wrestling fan. Wrestling fan. We're called, uh, uh, the, the term is marks. Oh, we there's a thing? Wrestling marks, yes. That's a wrestling, uh, originally was a term that wrestlers only used to talk about the fans. And then I think with the breakthrough of the internet and whatnot, uh, fans kind of got hip to the lingo of backstage. And uh, we Why call it, we, we, I think it's like a magician, like uh, you're you're my mark. I'm gonna or my I'm a scam. Wasn't that you. like what hitmen used to like? Sure, you yeah. Hit your mark. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then we kind of took it over and made it our own. And then there's also the term smart marks to make fun of the internet fans that like try to know too much. Almost. There's a lot to know. Uh, holy shit! Like I was doing research for this episode, and I, uh, me and my brother were big into wrestling until probably like. 
I remember when Hulk left, which was 93. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when WCW formed a couple of years later, that's mm-hmm. when we were like, well, uh, when Hulk, no, it was 94. Cause I remember Hulk got signed to WCW. Correct. In like 94. And we'll go over the timeline here in a second. But, and then uh, I was like, Oh no, there's too much going on. Uh, I can't follow this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we can get into all of that, but yeah. And I remember wrestling, like I remember, uh, like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, there's like a time when you realize as a child, like, oh, wrestling's not real. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm, I, okay. What do you mean? I hate to be the... <laughs> um, no, I mean, no disrespect to the amount of uh, training and choreography and, and overall, like, athleticism that So, yeah, that's... Go into I, <laughs> I always argue that they're some of the best athletes in the oh, world. Yeah. It's and it's nuts. And people really do get hurt because they do insane shit. Yeah, if you just go through, like, well, Mick Foley, who's nuts, yeah. like, crazy, if you go through his list of injuries and what put him out, like, yeah. he can barely tie his shoes. But when you're a child and you don't even realize it's theatrics and you're just like, this guy just really is yeah. fucking angry. <laughs> yeah, he should be dead from that chair. He just got back up. Yeah. Uh, and then they're coming up, you want to kill me? I'm going to get like that shit. And you're like, yeah. like watching it with the most intense, like, holy fuck. Yeah. Which um, I think too, with, uh, with the age I was when those type of, uh, promos is what they're called. Yeah. Uh, when those promos were cut, I was a little, little kid cause I was born in 87. Yeah. So those, that style of promos kind of faded out towards the late nineties. Cause then it was more just like talking more. It wasn't just the shouting. There was still some of the yeah. shouting, but so when I became an older, uh, kid, it kind of lessened that. So I think if I was older at that point, I probably would have been like, oh, well, they have, yelling? but they have a lot more storylines now, right? Like there's uh, a lot yeah, more. Yeah. Cause story. there's just so goddamn much. Um, so like when, when I was a kid, it was WWF and then WCW came around. I never really watched WCW. I yeah. was, uh, you know, it was kind of like Marvel DC. I was yeah. WWF. WCW was my commercials. N- now. Um, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, there's, just in the WWE, you have Raw, you have SmackDown, which is a different brand, different set of wrestlers, but still WWE. Uh, then you have uh, a cruiserweight division that has their own show. You have NXT, which is the up-and-coming guys who have their own show and uh, special events, which th- th- this weekend you have an NXT event and WrestleMania. Uh, so yeah, just in the WWE, there's a ton. And then if you're someone like me who follows also New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, who doesn't? Yeah, uh, everyone. <laughs> you didn't stay up January 4th all night to watch their big show. Um, and then ROH, Ring of Honor, is like the second company in, in the U.S. arguably now. with There's a new company coming there's out, so many AEW. So yeah, as a wrestling fan, it's very this overwhelming. Why on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you were born in 87 because as far as WWF was concerned, 87 was WrestleMania 3. Correct, yes. Which was the largest attendance uh, ever, and it was at the Pontiac Silverdome, which is no longer standing, but was standing up until last year, uh, three miles from my house. Yes, uh, yeah, so, and uh, uh, we had discussed before, before doing this, um, I uh, watched a lot from before I was born, I think when I was little, overseas, when uh, my father was in the army. So there was an Armed Forces Network when we were overseas, and they would play old WrestleManias and stuff. So I thought I was watching stuff that was current, but it was maybe like a year or two people old. Are dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's real upsetting when uh, when I go back and watch some of the Royal Rumbles where you got multiple guys in the ring at one time, and you just like take a second and pause and go, half these dudes are dead, and this yeah. was only ten years ago or fifteen yeah. years ago. It's it's kind of upsetting and depressing, but let's move on. Yeah, it's a uh, well, so. 
just doing the 90s here because obviously the 80s uh brought us a lot of good stuff like we were just talking about wrestlemania 3 which had hulk hogan versus andre giant and i think he died not too long after that andre i think it was like 92 did he die in the 90s yeah because i remember when i found out so i had to be like cognitive and (laughs) yeah have memories so uh i remember finding out and five years old yeah yeah i think yeah 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 (laughs) um so 1990, it was we were up to WrestleMania six, mm-hmm. and that is where the Ultimate Warrior, another fan favorite, uh, dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, another dead. Uh, Hulk Hogan's still alive. Yeah, it's he good is. for him. He's a terrible person. <laughs> He's still alive. Yeah. Um, but he, well, Ultimate Warrior defeats Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was always like, I remember when we'd get the wrestlers like the toys, the big rubber figures, or mm-hmm. uh, I was talking about the little thumb guys, mm-hmm. which. You stick th- your thumb up their asses. Very strange. Um, that's, that's how, yeah, that's yeah. how you do it. Uh, everybody wanted Hulk. I, yeah. I don't. Th- I didn't have Hulk in either one of those. So I had the re- what they were called wrestling buddies when I was a kid, and they were the, oh, the yeah the plush. Like stuffed yeah 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 they were uh, what two feet tall yeah and I had uh, Hulk and Ultimate Warrior. I remember my buddy had Ultimate Warrior, and you can tell which one I like to wrestle with more, which is Hulk. The cotton just in it was just shit. beat yeah. to shit, and <laughs> Ultimate Warrior was still stiff. Um, but and if you happen to get the other ones they're worth money now like the million dollar man jake the snake and those because no kid really bought those they wanted hulk and and warrior snake i forgot about jake the snake i didn't put him anywhere on here son of a bitch um but macho man randy savage he i know he came back but his original retirement was i think 91 yeah so they kind of pushed him into a commentating role and I don't yeah. think he liked that, at least from what he we was ready hear. to fucking snap into a slim jam. He's not yeah. going to. Well, he wasn't ready to. Shit. He did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they tried to force him into like a commentating role. At least that's the narrative they, they give now. Um, and he wasn't really down for that. And I think that's what pushed him to WCW and continuing his career because he, he ended up wrestling into the 2000s. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, also, rest in peace. Yeah. 1990 Royal Rumble, Million Dollar Man is, I think the storyline was he bought his way into the thirty number 30 spot the year before, so As his punishment do. was he had to be number one this year, and then he ended up lasting 45 minutes, which was the longest anyone's ever lasted in a Royal Rumble. At that point. At that point. Yes. I don't know nowadays stats. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know who holds the record now. I know Mysterio's had long ones. I know... Uh... Uh, I think Kofi's been in one real long, but yeah, I don't know who holds that I don't stat know who now. Those people are. <laughs> so when you, when you do your uh, current yeah. podcast, then we'll cover all those yeah. guys. <laughs> I'll do uh, old beer and <laughs> craft beer nostalgia beer and modern and modern stuff. Just buy <laughs> red dogs off of eBay. Yeah. And- <laughs> I do. I I wanted to do an old '90s beer episode. And there's so many Bud Dry. <laughs> Uh, there's a. Is it still hanging over there? Yeah. What is that on the on the wall? No, Which one? The... Arctic ice. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely not around anymore. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. I don't remember anything particular about him except for his outfit, and I had his little wrestling guy. Usually casual fans, that's pretty much all you're going to remember. Maybe the coconut off of Jimmy Snooker's head, but that took place in the 80s, I believe. There you go, because I don't know what that means. Uh, and then The Undertaker. I See, I was heavily watching... My buddy's parents would let us get pay-per-view, and we would watch it in his basement, and my mom wouldn't let me watch it. <laughs> That's like when Undertaker Early 90s? Came along. Yeah. 
Uh, see, I could, I could, I would get it late '90s wrestling with the Attitude Era, but early '90s seems like uh, it was, well, because me and my brother would watch it, and then we would like beat the shit out of each. Well, other. yeah, that's what you do after every like when I would watch Three Ninjas, I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be Karate Guy. I wanted well, to fight. I mean, we'd play Mortal Kombat, and I would rip his spine out, and she'd get real mad. My mom would. Well, yeah, you ripped his spine out. <laughs> well, oh, you mean in the game? No. <laughs> Is he okay? He's dead. Um, <laughs> not true but the undertaker joins uh i remember the undertaker stuff so much uh like he'd come out with the coffin i think he was fighting the hulk i think you could argue that some of his stuff is probably the most memorable because i think it was shown a lot and yeah. he walked so slow that he took up so much time so when he i was... look at him though is that do you think that picture is from like the 90s that is probably from 90 91 the picture oh, that you God. have on the, the page i remember him being a much uh lean man much more lean so person. yeah when he first came in he still had kind of the red beard he maybe not wasn't dying his hair as black as he did later on because i think he's uh born a ginger um and uh, has a gingy beard like born myself he's gonna die ginger got him right um so yeah i think when he first came in he had that and then as he evolved to the 90s and into the 2000s and even now he's changed his look and uh kind of changed with the times but always still been the dead man so yeah he uh I loved watching him just, that was when the, I was totally into the theatrics because I was like, he's coming in with coffins. Yeah, the body bag. You'd zip him up in the body bag and. Uh, oh God, yeah, yeah now I remember that. Yeah. The coffin matches with yeah. Kamala was terrified of him. The coffin I don't know if you remember match, Kamala. Big Ugandan giant sort of racist gimmick, and you if you follow any uh, African American gimmick or yeah. uh, I guess anybody not white, it was Junkyard kind dog. of a racist gimmick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen Glow. Um, <laughs> so, 93, there's a, a big scandal where they're accusing Vince McMahon of making everybody take steroids. Um, I've never heard Vince McMahon accused of anything <laughs> in a negative way. Vince McMahon is the devil. And, <laughs> um, but they're accusing they're accusing him of telling everybody to take steroids. Everybody, almost everybody is taking steroids and openly admitting to it at this point. Yes, uh, yeah. and I think Hogan had already left the company at that time, but he still took uh, Vince's defense. Yeah, he said, said that I was Vince, taking him, but he wasn't. Yeah, he me wasn't to do it. forcing him down my throat. Yeah, and then Brett the Hitman Hart. So he was on a tag team, right? Yeah. So uh, he was uh, with uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah, sure. Hart Foundation. Hard foundation. But yeah, and uh, I think that he, he he had his tag, and then yeah, he, he kind of went when uh, I kind of stopped watching wrestling ninety three, ninety four ish, maybe ninety five. No, probably ninety four, ninety five. Um, so I missed some of Brett's stuff, but obviously with the WWE Network, uh, I've gone back and you can see pretty much everything. And with the way wrestling is, they show everything over and over and over again. So, but yeah, so that his run and kind of wrestling got a little stale, uh, ninety four, ninety five up until. Uh, WCW signing all of WWF's biggest stars. Yeah, which was so funny. Like, yeah, it what was, a... well, it was crazy because um, you'd see like uh, one was Lex Luger um, was on WWE, and then the next day on WCW, or maybe the same day. Same with Rick Rude. Raw yeah. used to be recorded uh, every other week, and then WCW was live every week. So Rick Rude was on an episode of Raw, and then like twenty minutes later, hour later, on the same <laughs> the same night on WCW. That's funny. So, yeah, Ted Turner threw uh, all his money into WCW. Yeah, so Ted Turner owned WCW. Correct, yeah. yeah. Got in the wrestling business and uh, com- competed with Vince and, uh, yeah, signed all their biggest talents. Hogan, uh, well, everybody, everybody, really. Well, um, they, yeah, so 94 WCW forms. Correct. 
Hogan goes. Yeah, that was a huge get. Yeah. And then they they create Monday Nitro to compete with Monday Night Raw. And then uh, they do pretty well competing against them for like the next... Yeah, so they had their like long term guy. Like Sting was like the the brand guy. He he's been around with the Jim Crockett days. This is see, this is when I stopped watching. This is Sting. Where... Sting's been around since the eighties. You know Sting. He had the surfer gimmick, the short uh, blonde crew cut hair, and then he switched into the crow gimmick, uh, where he had longer black hair and kind of yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> um, so he was like their their franchise guy, and then Hogan came over. That was a big get, and then they just kept getting guys. Macho Man. Yeah. And then uh, when you go into 96 is when they signed Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, which was a big deal because they, uh, they were big up-and-comers in uh, WWF. And that's when NWO starts. So, yeah. So, it was kind of a takeover. Um, and any wrestling fan, this is like the same thing you've heard a thousand times. But um, basically, they signed both guys. They come in and act like they're not signed by WCW. They act like they're invading WCW, which kind of leads the audience to believe like, wait, are they... Is that Razor Ramon? Which actually caused WWF to sue WCW because they never really said it wasn't Razor Ramon and um, uh, Big Daddy Diesel. Um, Big Daddy Diesel. You heard uh, it here, folks. It was Big Daddy Cool and then he was Big Daddy Sexy in WCW. But anyways, um, yeah, so they ended up suing. And then almost what legend is, so then um, WWF then recreated Razor Ramon and Diesel with other guys in the WWF. (laughs) And I just heard like a That's year awkward. ago the reason they did it because you always wondered like why the fuck did they recreate this yeah. with two different guys? They did it so that way they could prove they own the rights to the characters uh, in the lawsuit. At least that's a, what I heard. Just a power move. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then uh, so those guys t- took over, and then there was a huge thing, and then the big unveiling of the uh, third man in NWO comes out to be the you know. Hulk Hogan had been a face or a baby face or a good guy. Um, yeah. His pretty much his whole like national career. Yeah, he had been a heel before he WWF took over the world and uh, in in smaller territories. But this was he had been a face ever since America knew who Hulk Hogan was. So this was his first heel turn and joining NWO. Yeah, that uh, that's a fun episode. And just not to get off subject, but the recent episode of last week tonight with John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, where he, talks about how vince mcmahon's a big fucking tool um that's my but, lord and savior you watch him yeah with. and uh but i agree but he also like discusses the history of wrestling and wwf and well wwe however you want to call it um it took a long time took, to stop calling it wwf yeah. um well, as how a they wrestling fan everybody and then as a wrestling fan once it's been like 10 well what has it been now 19 years 18 yeah. years since they changed the name yeah, 2001 when i still hear people call it the wwf you yeah. can tell they're like an older like they watched it yeah. as a kid because i mean most people at this point know but you hear well, it it's I like was, ah, it's not that so anymore. the funny part about that right is it's because they lost the lawsuit with world wildlife fund I don't um, know. I, I I've never really fully researched it, but I don't know if they actually lost the lawsuit or just finally gave up. Okay. Either I way, I think they finally just gave up and yeah. turned it into the entertainment company that that Vince considered it, anyways. My mom donated to that fund and WWE to keep their name WWF. Oh, okay. <laughs> Worldwide <laughs> fund. Uh, but she no, she donated, and so she had a tote bag, and that she was always in her trunk. I don't know. I don't know what she had in there. It thing never left her fucking trunk, but she probably still has it. <laughs> and it said it just said WWF and it had like a little panda on it. Uh-huh. And I was like, 
yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, yeah. Well, if, if you look, there's a lot of t-shirts sold and stuff that it'll have, say, WWF, and then it's a panda with a steel chair hitting another panda with it. Nice. Uh, that's a popular t-shirt, and I've seen like bumper stickers, too. I can appreciate that. Um, NWO was huge, right? Because yeah. I remember I was in junior high at the time, and everybody had nwo yeah shirts. you you it almost was like a gang thing in yeah. like middle school like, or elementary school you either this? wore your your black and white nwo or your red and black nwo or your austin 316 shirt and i was i had them all oh, austin 316 if you looked at my car when i pulled in yeah. is austin 316 so, is my license plate yeah so this is a uh, this is why anthony's here <laughs> Because I have no. Because this is an intervention. Go ahead, you can come in now. It's my wife here <laughs> to bring your family. <laughs> um, yeah. So you is that? Did you get back into wrestling then? At that point. Um. So it's kind of a weird thing. So like, I never really stopped watching wrestling. I just stopped watching. So. I, my father was in the army. Yeah. I moved around. While I was in Germany, my grandmother would mail me tapes of wrestling superstars. So I kind of kept up then. So it's kind of hazy, too, because I was a little kid. So I don't really know when I exactly stopped watching. And also, I was watching like two different eras at the same time, what was on the TV and then what my grandmother was mailing me. And then, so yeah, I think when I came back in 95 to the States, I kind of stopped watching. But I would still watch my... Hulk Hogan tapes and the tapes that my grandmother sent me. So I think I got back into it uh, probably shortly after the NWO, um, 96, 97, because when DX was starting and all that, I remember all of that. So, and I would have been about 10 at the time. I don't remember any of that stuff. So yeah, DX started Shawn Michaels and Triple H in China. And then Shawn Michaels China got... China died too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shawn Michaels die? <laughs> no, he's still alive. He okay. still works for the company. He uh, helps out and whatnot. Triple H still alive. I know that name too. And then we we were debating this. Well, we weren't debating because I know you're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when did The Rock join? So he signed and uh, I think he debuted in 96. I want to say 96 Survivor Series as Rocky Maivia. Oh, boy. Uh, you want the origin of the name? I can give it to you. Absolutely, I his do. His father is Rocky Johnson, and his grandfather is Peter Maya, Peter High Chief Mayavia. So he merged the two names and came with his name Rocky Mayavia. Sure. As you do. <laughs> and uh, so that was his name originally. He was like this like really happy, cheerful uh, fellow. That gimmick lasted, uh, I think, like a year, and then he joined a group called the Nation of Domination. They were a knockoff. I wouldn't say knockoff. They were similar to a Black Panther group. Uh, Their gimmick was kind of raising their fists. They were uh, an all-black group, except for Owen Hart, who joined later on. Um, yeah, he also passed away. Um, <laughs> Should we just go down a list? Yeah, no, we, that's a longer podcast. Um, so yeah, that was where he started, and then he became the breakout star of uh, Nation of Domination. And uh, from there, he kind of took over the group, left the group, and then started the... Well, during that time is when he became The Rock. Okay. Is that what you're looking and for? That, is that when he started his tagline? Do you smell what The Rock is yeah. cooking? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe. So. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know when he first coined it, but probably around then. So, explain Austin three sixteen to me. <laughs> okay, um, nineteen is it the ninety six Royal Rumble, ninety seven Royal Rumble? He was. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Duh, King of the Ring. He was uh, in the King of the Ring tournament, which is a tournament they used to have every year. It was a pay per view. Okay. Um, he was in the tournament. He won his match, busted his lip. 
got taken to do stitches on his way back to having the final match with Jake the Snake Roberts, um, or it was either after the match or before the match, um, Michael Hayes told him that uh, Jake Roberts had cut a promo. Basically, at the time, Jake Roberts was uh, sober-ish, and he was like had this gimmick that he was religious, I guess. Who's Jake Roberts? Jake the Snake okay. Roberts. Just, um, yeah. <laughs> the snake part, I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so he told him, basically, he said some like like Christian stuff or, or Bible stuff. So Austin came up with the promo after winning the King of the Ring. Uh, you, you say your Bible verses. You say your John 316. Well, Austin 316 just kicked your, or whipped your ass. And that's what coined it. was something he came up with on the fly and, uh, and it launched... <laughs> Uh, which is arguably one of the highest selling t-shirts of all time. At least like a, many... a single image t-shirt. There's like the Rolling Stones logo. Yeah. There's like, what else is like a high selling t-shirt? And then there's the Austin 316 logo. I mean, if you look at a crowd from any event from like 96 to 2000, it's yeah. mostly oh, yeah. NWO shirts and Austin 316 shirts. I remember shirts. those shirts yeah. very well. Um, so how many people have scoured Bibles looking for the book of Austin? <laughs> trying to find... <laughs> Because when I started, I was like, well, it sounds like a Bible verse, but I don't think there's a book of Austin. There is. It's, it's in the back. It's uh, a lot of churches take it out. It's due the, to the New-ish swear. Testament. Yeah. As a, as a, when I used to go to church as a kid, it would always make me chuckle whenever they'd start getting to John and I'd get, you know, like that, like getting excited, like say it, say through 16. What is, so what's John 316? I believe that is God gave Love the son his, yes. Love is tender. Don't whip thy enemy's ass. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I think it's God gave the earth his one son, Jesus. I think that's what it is. Okay, so the guy, so you're saying Jake the Snake was essentially saying he was Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just had a Christian gimmick. Like, he had a, a, a Bible-thumping gimmick, and Austin used it against him in his promo, I guess. Okay. <laughs> he, was, he was basically like, you quote your Bible, you quote your stuff, and this is my stuff. You bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's that, that him coming up with that on the fly launched a uh, very successful t shirt, which uh, I still own and people still buy. They still sell As it on the well website. You should. They've been selling the shirt. If you're for committing what? to the license plate, you better own the t shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a rule. Well, it's funny is I feel even goofier wearing it now yeah. because now I'm in a car that says Austin 316 and then I step out. I just imagine someone seeing me at a Kroger parking lot like, oh, look at this guy's a wrestling fan. Oh my God, he also has the shirt on. What a loser. <laughs> but then if you overhear it, you can rip your shirt off and show him the tattoo across your entire back. Which is <laughs> Austin's face. Yeah. Uh, I did actually, funny, um, I think it was Monday this week, I had a guy taking a picture in my rear view at a stoplight taking a picture nice. of my license plate so that always makes me laugh somebody well, maybe either, the, either the, to uh, report pedophiles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was over 18 i was allowed within 500 feet. Oh, okay. um but yeah so it's either he's mocking me or appreciating it and either way i'm okay with it uh, i've been a wrestling fan my whole life so the mocking is just uh it comes with it well it's funny because if you're not I, I feel like that there's an extreme right you're either a wrestling fan or you're not there's not really an in between because the people that are fans are like fucking fans there's there's some crazy yeah 100 percent. but that's everything that's uh, that's there's casual marvel fans and then there's the people that pay for the midnight showing and have seen yeah. every movie and go well in the comic book he actually was named this and he was born to so always do that voice yeah 100 yeah, percent. but i i usually and um there's like a there's a few different types of fans in my opinion there's there's people like me who as a little kid loved it 
kind of hit an older age because I also took a break in the mid 2000s when I hit like my teenage years, high school. Yeah. So wrestling's cool when you're a kid, and then like if you're a guy, you find girls or something else, <laughs> and you're like, okay, wrestling's not cool anymore. Music and, and masturbating. <laughs> some people come back around to it. Yes, to the music. Um, some people come back around to it, and like me, and then some people are the ones like you where you have a conversation with it's like oh i watched it then and yeah. then like i know i can specifically only talk from and then you tell me <laughs> i think it's also like snl where whatever yeah. was whoever was on snl when you were 13 to yeah, 17 yeah. is your favorite cast i think it's the same thing with wrestling whoever was in wrestling from 5 to 12 those are the best years of wrestling if you talk to a 15 year old they'll tell you john cena is probably the greatest or roman reigns oh, or whoever forgot top. about john cena when He's did he come along? 2000, so we don't have to okay. we don't have to talk about him. But yeah, so it, I think it's That's the same Norm's thing. Norm's boyfriend. It's <laughs> crazy. So yeah, so I think it's the same thing. It's it's the same bands you listen to at 12 to 17 are still your favorite bands. Yeah. The, the hence same... why I'm going to Camp Anarchy, a 90s punk rock music festival. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So. That's funny. Yeah. No, I went to. I have friends in high school that were super into wrestling and. I went to like watch a couple pay-per-views at their house mm. and they were like wearing their NWO shirts and they were. So um, right now I know this is a podcast. It's a club. audio uh, media, but uh, it is WrestleMania weekend. Um, even though I'm Which not WrestleMania are they up to 115? I don't know. What is it? 34? <laughs> I don't even know. See, the sad thing is right now uh, it's, I'm almost overwhelmed by the amount of content there is <laughs> that I've almost lost interest. So I kind of just keep up with social media at it's this risky. point. And then I watch pay-per-views. So with WrestleMania this weekend, though, I take WrestleMania. It's the, it's the Super Bowl of wrestling. So you kind of take the whole weekend and I you watch NXT, you watch the Hall of Fame, you watch WrestleMania. If you're an Not ROH really fan, maybe you order what they got going on. So it's kind of like the same thing where it brings money to the whole genre, WrestleMania weekend at this point in time. I know yeah. this is 90s, but today. Um, okay. um, so any indie company, support indie wrestling, please. Um <laughs> Any indie company, they try to book Support shows. Japanese wrestling, too. You don't have to. But I, I, I strongly push indie wrestling. Even if you're not, I have a buddy who he doesn't like professional wrestling, like TV stuff. He won't watch it ever, but he'll go to every indie show with me because it's a live show. It's just like going to see a band that maybe you don't know their music, but you have a good time at a live yeah. show. If you go to an indie wrestling show for $10, I guarantee you will have a great time. It's oh, $10. Yeah. I, it's I, people I bet, watching. It's... <laughs> for sure. I didn't even well, yeah. know they still did that. Yeah, so there's a there's tons of little companies in Michigan. I don't know about because you live out in BFA. I don't know what's going on out here. But um, anybody funny, that's listening, everyone thinks everyone else lives in BFA. No, no, you do. <laughs> no, but uh, it, I mean, people are listening. I'm sure everywhere. But if you Google a local indie company, I guarantee there's somebody running a show for ten bucks this weekend uh, or next weekend. Go go to it because it'll be a great time. Are they typically uh, just as gimmicky? Is there is there storylines that people follow? It, it, yeah, yeah, That's they have awesome. their own storylines, but I mean, it's just they'll like uh, the company I go to a lot is uh, uh, BCWA. I have a buddy that actually wrestles. And where's and that at? It's uh, Downriver and Windot. Downriver, Windot, Michigan. There's another company I go to if a lot. If you're not from Michigan, never go Downriver. <laughs> it's not. Hey now, it's not. I live there. I'm not. I wasn't born there, but I'm. I live there. We just sold our house. Um. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh, there's a couple companies I go to. BCWA, Clash Wrestling. Um, there's another one that runs out in Clinton Township that's uh, XICW. Um, they all put on a good show. And yeah, for 10 bucks, it's a fun night out. Usually it's kid-friendly if you yeah. got kids. 
even if you have a buddy that's not a wrestling fan. I mean, I go to like minor league baseball games in Iowa when I'm traveling. It's the same so thing. I'm fine with that. Yeah, like it's that the idea. same thing. So, and, and here's the difference. So you pay sixty, fifty, forty dollars to go to a WWE show. Yeah. You're gonna sit maybe lower bowl, maybe upper bowl. Um, it'll so be a fun show. Aware. You go to an indie show, you pay ten bucks. There's only three, four, five, six rows of seats. Yeah. You can see and hear everything. My favorite part is I like to get involved. And you yell at the rest. I yell at everyone. What movie did I just see where that was a thing? I'm not sure. Oh, it was a TV show. It was the show uh, uh, Love on Netflix. Oh, really? I haven't finished the second season. Oh, yeah. They go to an amateur wrestling thing. Yeah, it's, it's exactly as you're describing. It's the um, best. Cause, but one of the characters wants to be a wrestler. So he doesn't tell his date, but he's involved. So he starts yelling at this guy. And then the guy challenges him. <laughs> so he rips his shirt off and jumps in the ring with him. And I was like... Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so that's my favorite part of, of going to an indie show is they can hear everything you say. Now, I'm not mean, and yeah. I try to go along with if there's a good Your guy. Your mother I, never loved you. Oh, that hit home. <laughs> um, if there's a good guy, I cheer him. If there's a bad guy, I boo him. I, I try to go along with everything. And uh, it's it's fun because usually that's they'll they can fun. hear you. Sometimes they'll react and point you out and yell back, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind doing one of those. That'd be fun. Not doing one like wrestling, but going to Let's put one, one on. You got a backyard. <laughs> That's true. It's a big backyard. Let's have a WrestleMania in my backyard. All right. So do you want to pin down a date now? We can't, or? <laughs> we can't call it WrestleMania, though. We will get sued. Um, anyway, getting, getting back to the subject. <laughs> um, 1999, the end of the decade. Uh, this is actually, according to what I read... So correct me. <laughs> so but. here, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump right in. Um, WCW was kicking ass in ratings yeah. uh, for quite a long time. I, I don't remember the week. It's like 56 weeks or 62 weeks, something like that. They were 84. kicking ass. Is that 84? Good call. Look at you doing research. <laughs> okay, I want to point out too, uh, this podcast. Yeah. Uh, usually you do like a band or a movie. Yeah. Which would have been super easy for me to just go watch Scream 2 yeah. and then go, okay, I'm ready to talk about everything Scream 2 with this article I read. You wanted me to come on and talk about a decade full of wrestling yeah. and you gave me a week notice. So just, I just want to point that out. But anyways, so yes, 84 weeks, they uh, they kicked ass in ratings. And then the uh, uh, what happened was Tony Schiavone, the announcer for WCW, again, Raw was recorded. Yeah. And WCW was live. So that week, Raw had been recorded. And that week, uh, Mankind, Mick Foley, uh, wins the WWF title. Tony Schiavone on WCW's broadcast, a lot of times they would give out the outcome of what was going to happen on WWF. <laughs> what a dick move. <laughs> Super dick move. But he says he was fed the line from the uh, Eric Bischoff, who was kind of running the company at the time. So Tony Schiavone says, and I, I'm going to try to quote it as closely, it was... If you're thinking about switching over to the other show, Mick Foley's going to win the title tonight. Yeah, that should put butts in the seats. It's something along those lines, and he's super shitty about it. Well, a ton of people changed the channel because Mick Foley, is, he was in WCW. He was Cactus Jack there. A lot of people love Mick Foley, and that's like a big deal because he's not really a body guy, so he's not really one you typically see winning the WWF title. Yeah. And he's beloved. So everybody switched the channel to, well, fuck, if he's going to win the title, I want to watch that. And then they started losing. And then that's when the tide kind of turned. It's that's like, really funny. Yeah. So What a dick move, though. And it shot himself in the foot. <laughs> they fucked that program. Hey, where are you guys going? Get back here. In the days of pre-recording. Yeah. And then eventually, obviously, Raw went that's live so every week. But yeah. I want to see that on like some show where like Survivor and America's <laughs> Next Top Model and on Survivor, they're like, FYI. <laughs> 
Tiffany loses or some shit. That bitch Naomi takes the win. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. Um, but 99 WWF, uh, so they got the ratings back and then... And then during, ran with uh, them. What was it? The in, in one, in, Was that the same night as the Undertaker Stone Cold Steve Austin I don't match? believe so, but I, I'm so pretty sure it's not. Stone Cold Steve Austin Undertaker wrestle for 12 minutes, uh, which is the highest rated segment in raw history to this day. Yeah. So ratings, crazy ratings. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess you can never say never, but ratings in the <laughs> late nineties were crazy for, for wrestling. They were killing it in the ratings. Game well, even early nineties too was, I mean, that was the golden era of wrestling. I think they described it as the golden. Yeah, era. they do describe it as that. up I don't, to ninety three. I think I don't know if the I don't think the ratings were coming close to what they were hitting in the late nineties. I could be wrong, but I don't think they were. Just between because they had two shows going and they were both getting millions and millions of viewers yeah. watching both. I mean, every pretty much. I mean, most of the kids I knew in school were watching wrestling every Monday. Well, and and it's funny to. I mean, you can't judge any of that because uh, the accessibility continues to change. Like yeah. now, anyone can watch anything. Well, yeah, Anytime. and Man. if I watch a clip on someone else's Facebook page, they're not getting a rating for yeah. this wrestling page that I follow's clip. That's true. Yeah, so it's kind of I think it's hard to judge the ratings too. Now, also I don't I don't know how that all works with DVR and on demand and Hulu and whatnot. So, so I don't know more than two people that are super into wrestling, <laughs> and you're one of them. So I will tell you this: I bet you you know more. Probably. But they're closeted. Closeted wrestling closeted fans. Closeted wrestling fans. I've come across at work many closeted wrestling fans that like once you they find out you're a wrestling fan, it's kind of like, hey man, I was, did you see uh, last Sunday? Uh, and it's like, you, you're a wrestling fan? <laughs> yeah, that's there's a, a lot of closeted wrestling fans. It, it's uh, an art form that's looked down upon because well, it's considered hillbilly or something. But in my yeah, opinion, it's, 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 uh, it's theater. Well, that's what it is, right? It's, it's essentially a, a reality show. theater. Or not a reality show, but... Because it's like a scripted drama, <laughs> but with some fighting. <laughs> that is a reality show, though. Yeah. It's well, yeah. just as scripted. <laughs> a lot of scripts. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, that's always been my argument. I mean, the matches are semi-choreographed. A lot of them are called on the fly, though. Like, yeah. those guys just set out, like, points in the match. We're going to do this. But for the most part, a lot of that is just being called in the ring on yeah. what they're going to do, whispering Can to each other. Can you hear anything when you're at the amateur ones? Um, Like, like guys spots? Like, Pile driver. <laughs> Actually, so there's a YouTube um, channel. It's called Botchamania, which is very entertaining if you just want to watch fuck-ups. Okay. Basically, it's people missing a, a, a move and, and hurting, not hurting themselves, but missing a move, missing a rope, and, and, and like flubbing it. Yeah. And then he does a, a segment called Everybody Talks, and uh, it's just wrestlers going, all right, I'm going to throw you in the corner, and you come back and close them. <laughs> and, and the mic picks it up. I don't know how he finds them all. I'm guessing people are sending them to him yeah, because I never see point. them on the live show. Well, I imagine if you were to, let's say, make a Facebook page asking for some, maybe you'd get like a thousand followers. Yeah, or, or 2,800. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. That was, uh, that was all on a mission to get that Steve Austin tattoo on your back. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so, yeah. Wrestling, yeah. Um, yeah, so that closes out the 90s on it. But, yeah, uh, like I said, I was mostly a WWF guy. WCW was my commercials. Um, I was a youngin in the 90s. I mean, I was born in 87, so I had a bedtime for Raw. So what I used to do is I think my mom would let me stay up till 10. Raw went until about 11.15 every night. It always oh, really? ran over. I didn't know that. So if you don't know how to program a VCR correctly, because you'd be 
fucked the next morning. If if you only set it till eleven oh five and then it went to eleven oh seven, as you're watching it the next day, like no 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 no, it goes back to whatever was recorded on the VHS before. Can we talk about setting up a VCR? Yes. yes. Holy shit! I I, uh, I mean I was literally watching a VHS tape a month ago, but. I forgot about programming a VCR to record something. Yeah, you and then if it didn't record, such a disappointment. Yeah, because and also, <laughs> so you're talking 99. Obviously, there's no on demand. Yeah, I think what they, I want to say they aired, they reran Raw on like Saturdays at 2 a.m. on USA. So if you didn't get it on that first shot, you Just had to record it in the middle of the night. Week. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing too is so I had to go to bed at 10. You, I would wake up the next morning, and as I was getting ready for school, eating my breakfast, I would fast forward to the last hour. I would go to every match outcome, and then you fast forward to the end and watch the last ten minutes because the best shit always happens in the last ten minutes because it's the, you know, the Batman check in next week. Like it leaves you with the cliffhanger of oh my god he hit him and he came out and got him and now we got to wait till next week because I mean then it was only one show so you just yeah. had to wait till the following Monday. Yeah. So how many shows are out there now? Well, it's the longest running weekly episodic television show. <laughs> Monday but, Night Raw, and the second longest running weekly episode television show, WWE SmackDown. Oh, look at that. So yeah, but I think SmackDown started in 99. But like, how many how many hours a week is there a wrestling show on? <sighs> uh, <laughs> so when I was a kid, it was two hours. So Raw ran from 9 to 11. WCW ran from 8 to 10. So if, yeah, so I would watch WCW from 8 to 9, and then from then on out, it was for commercial breaks, and then I went to bed at 10. And then uh, bedtime strict in my household. But no, but now though. Now you have three hours of Raw. Raw runs from eight to eleven ten. I mean, what weren't you saying? Other shows. So but... then you have SmackDown, which is two hours. You have <laughs> NXT every Wednesday, which is an hour. You have the Cruiserweights, which is an hour. So that's just WWE, and then you have a pay per view once a month, which is three hours. So seven hours more. a week, just of the weekly shows, and then a, and then a pay per view every month. Yeah, nobody ain't nobody got time for that. That's a lot. Yeah, no shit. That's why I barely I can't keep up with everything. You think Norm watches all of it? No, that okay. So <laughs> I've talked to Norm. He doesn't even have the WWE Network. It's 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 ten dollars a month. Well, he didn't have internet until two years ago. So. Yeah, Norm, well, if you're listening to this, how did you figure out how to listen to this? <laughs> I was he's on his roof him. right now, fixing his antenna, trying to get it. I was gonna call him <laughs> to. Uh, I checked the radio um, to see if he wanted to do this, and then I was like, uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Nothing against him. I just, he's like, what's the website I need to log into? <laughs> yeah, that's there's a possibility that's happening. I even put the app on his phone. Because we were listening to his brother's radio show. His brother has a radio show? His brother was one of the biggest DJs in Grand Rapids. And last year uh, got fired and now does a podcast. I bet this is riveting for people listening. Yeah. <laughs> Check him out. Uh, what the hell's his name? Oh, f- oh, shit. Eric Zane. Eric Zane is his name. The Eric Zane Show. Well, there you go. Cheap plug or huge, free plug. Huge in Grand Rapids. Nice. Who knew? I got nothing else other than I wish I still had my 12-inch solid rubber figures. Those things were like solid. You yeah, could the LJ throw those dolls. at people and they would hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, so my mother kept everything from when I was a kid. I have all of my... Did you have the ring? I had the blue ring. Oh, 
I still have it. My kids play with it. Nice. Um, I have all of my small figures. I think it was, uh, I think Hasbro made those. I want to say they were just like, they all did one thing. Or were they the ones that like in their upper bodies were much bigger than their, they had tiny legs? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. So like each wrestler had a specific move, like, like ultimate warrior, his arms were just down by his side and then you could lift them up yeah. to do the power slam. <laughs> yeah, I remember Hulk Hogan. There was, I had two Hulk Hogan's one just did like a bear hug move. And then another one, you, there was a spring in his arm that you could pull his arm back and let go. And then it would spring forward for a punch. <laughs> Uh, and I pretty much had everybody. That was like the only gift I ever got every birthday and Christmas. Um, so I have a lot of those wrestlers, but for some reason I had a couple LJNs and I don't know what happened to them. Yeah. It's a real fucking bummer. I've actually looked I online to I rebuy still, them yeah. and it's only for the purpose to have them. Like there's no yeah. reason why I need it. It's the same reason I have uh, gummy bears figures from cereal boxes <laughs> and Berenstein bears McDonald's toys <laughs> just to have them. I yeah. remembered them and I was like. I'm going to have those again. So, yeah, that was the early 90s. And then the late 90s is when, um, I don't know, Jax. Jax, was that the company that made the wrestlers in the late 90s? Yeah, and then those were just like, they didn't, they were made of plastic and rubber and their arms just kind of, you know, swayed. Just hang, they yeah. just hung there. Um, yeah, up. now I'm slowly trying to get my children into it, but I don't want to force it. Yeah. So, they have some toys and we wrestle and... just. I yeah. leave it on here in the background to see if it catches their attention. Photoshop a unicorn in one of the episodes. That would, My daughter would be all in. That's <laughs> yeah, all you need then. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? Um, let me think. 90s wrestling. What do you, chop these up afterwards? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> when I started the podcast, I would edit it all the time. And I would take out every um... And every long pause. I'd be afraid of how many ums I have. Oh, you would be horrified. Everybody has ums. Do you want to, I, I like is... consciously think about the things that I say because when I was first editing these, I was like, why do I talk this way? <laughs> and then I realized everybody does. Yeah. I Yeah. Some of the podcasts I listen to, I'll pick up on some of the guys, uh, their ticks and whatnot yeah. and then i can con then i con once like i notice it i concentrate on it so yeah. i try not to pay attention to it so don't concentrate yeah, don't rewind this and count my ums and tweet it at me don't at me bro don't at me bro Ooh, just sent my wife to voicemail sorry i know why she's calling too i'm gonna say this and then we can close out the episode she had a grocery list earlier and she's like hey will you write toothpaste on there i said sure and so I wrote toothpaste and I wrote it in a way that I was trying to match her handwriting and then failed miserably. Uh -huh. And it looked like a, I don't know, like a burnout sixth grader trying to do cursive. And so right below it, I just scribbled what could be words, but definitely weren't. And she's probably at the store right now going, the fuck, the fuck is, is this? this? <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Is that granola bar? I can't make this out. <laughs> I'll take a little break and then we will close the show. Alright, that's going to do it for episode 71. 71 episodes. Who's excited? Congratulations. Thanks. Only three people listened. <laughs> My mother, my brother, and my grandma. Um, thanks, Anthony, for being here. Yeah, anytime. Uh, if you want to ever delve into any specific topic, give me a heads up. And uh, 
Oh, we'll do it. We've got topics coming out my yin yang. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cat noises are important. Uh, and thanks, Mike. I know Mike's not here, but he was here for the beer segment. And then we continue to drink, <laughs> as I explained at the beginning of the episode. That will be in a vault never to be released. Uh, I think at one point, two and a half hours in, we were on the phone with my friend in L.A. and just really diving into childhood issues. There's just three hours of snoring. <laughs> oh, no. It's very loud. And we think everything's funny. And speeches are slurred. My buddy put his mom on the phone. We talked to her for a while. So did you go back and listen to the entire thing? I clicked through it. Okay, you just kind of skimmed yeah. it. I have it as an MP3. I will listen to the whole thing one day. <laughs> Next uh, road trip. <laughs> yeah, just play it at one and a half speed. Uh, thanks. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Beers and Nineties. You can email me Beers and Nineties at gmail dot com, and you can email Anthony wherever you think his email address might be. Just guess something. If you get it. <laughs> if you get it, you get a hundred dollars. Unless you already know it, then that's cheating. It's true. I'll tell you what. If you live in Alabama and you email me your phone number, I will I will text you and ask for your address, and then I will send you a $5 bill. <laughs> Talk to you next week. <laughs> that got weird. <laughs> Have a good time. Nothing. I know fuck all.